Boom! What's up, Familia? Welcome to Power of X-Men, the podcast where we discuss a classic reality warping caught in a dystopian future, high-octane, living in a world that fears and hates them, children of the Atom, epic Marvel saga known as the X-Men. I'm Dayspring, and I was reading that on my Word document here because that is our new tagline for our non-Age of Apocalypse episodes. So, there's a big rumor going around the internet right now about Madeline Pryor, and will Madeline Pryor be in X-Men 97? And we don't really typically like to comment on rumors here at Power of X-Men, but Madeline is one of those characters that just inspires so much passion within fans, right? I mean, she's Jean Grey's clone, but she's very much her own independent character. Everyone loves Inferno. We were rooting for her during Hellions. So I really wanted to talk about these rumors that are circulating. And before we get into it, you know, X-Men 97, I've told, I've said this before, in Bo de Mayo, we trust. I am so excited. The footage they showed at San Diego Comic-Con, everyone has been talking about it. And I've DM'd with a few people here and there being like, okay, come on, like, what, what kind of footage did they show? Like, did everyone really hide their cameras? And they were like, yeah, they really did hide their cameras. The footage is not online. But they, they were able to give me a little bit more information, right, about the interrogation scene, about Jean entering Gyrick's mind. So she's not entering Mastermold's mind. She's in Gyrick's mind, and she's sort of seeing her worst fears realized. I don't know. You know, it, it's all very vague. And there's this wonderful sequence that they showed where the X-Jet, like, explodes and Cyclops lands on the Earth, like, using his optic blast. And he's here like, to me, my X-Men. And it is just, it's just so wonderful. I really wish they would release that footage online because I would love to see it. I would absolutely go crazy. But I think what, what I wanted to do in recording this video is speculate about if Madeline Pryor could possibly be in X-Men 97. And, and as of right now, it's just a rumor. It's coming from an online account called Can We Get Some Toast? And they overnight have just appeared on Instagram. They have, as of this recording, over 8K people engaging with them. And they're posting scoops from not only X-Men, but from like MCU projects and stuff like that. <laughs> and I don't know if they're accurate or not, but a lot of people, a lot of accounts were picking it up. And, you know, again, like I think we commented on a, a rumor when they said that Gene had been cast in the Marvels. And... I was like, well, let me do some research on this. And I Googled the supposedly like, sorry, this is my Miami command out. The Hollywood reporter story that said Gene was going to be in the Marvels, but no such article existed. No such writer for the Hollywood reporter existed. So it, it was just flat out fake. And I felt the need to debunk it. With this, we just love Madeline Pryor so much. I want to talk about Madeline Pryor. So I don't know. If Madeline Pryor is going to be in X-Men 97, we have speculated that if Jean is pregnant, which we know she is, and you're going to have baby Nathan, let's let, let's assume it's going to be baby Nathan for the sake of this conversation, then you want to do Inferno. You want to bring in Madeline there. And because the main antagonist is supposed to be Sinister, who's turning the tides with public approval for the mutants, right? We know the mutants are at an all-time high with acceptance, and somebody's going to come by and, and fuck that up, and that fucking up is going to be sinister you unleash the inferno in manhattan right and again i think bodemayo is such a smart 
writer, such a smart series producer, that when you think of what it means to be a minority in today's world and how do you fuck up goodwill, you do a essentially a terrorist attack on New York City helmed by a mutant. And maybe because she looks like Jean, she, you know, Jean is going to take the fall for it or God Queen will take the fall for it. But, you know... Let, let, let's start off with plot points that we know about in X-Men 97 and sort of where Madeline Pryor was at in the original series and sort of plot points there and how they can lend themselves to Madeline Pryor potentially appearing in X-Men 97. So first and foremost, we had Larry Houston on the podcast like three years ago, Flink and I, when we were doing Generations of X. We talked to Larry Houston, who's the series director for X-Men, the anime series, the OG 1992 one. So basically, he just oversaw the production of all the episodes. And he said that in the episode Time Fugitives, when Jean is reading Cable's mind and she sees Cyclops, Cable, and a red-haired woman, that red-haired woman was implied to be Madeline Pryor. About the series that I've always wondered about. So we know that Cable eventually became Jean Grey and Cyclops's son. And Jean reads Cable's mind and discovers this, and she sees an image of Cyclops, uh, Cable, and then a redheaded woman. And we know Madeline Pryor is Cable's son. So my question, we've had so many people ask this, was that intentionally vague? Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? Yes. I, I oh. put that in on purpose. And, we, and luckily the dialogue was vague enough that they didn't answer questions, but visually you're going, what's that? I love that. I love no. that. Now, we know Larry Houston was a major fan of the X-Men, and he was the source of knowledge. He was like the Marvel handbook for the production team, because this is before the days of the internet, before the days he went on Wikipedia. So he knew what he was talking about. That's why we have so many background cameos in the series. It's because of someone like Larry Houston. So Larry Houston exclusively, see what I did there, I had to say exclusively, confirmed with us that that red-haired woman was in fact supposed to be Madeline Pryor. So we know Madeline Pryor already is playing a role in Cable's future. Now, this is, I want, I want to be clear about something because what's true in a interview about a show that ended 30 years ago does not necessarily make it true for a show that is being revived 30 years later, if you, if you catch my drift there. So just because Larry Houston said that was supposed to be Madeline doesn't mean that it actually is Madeline once we get into X-Men 97. But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to operate on the assumption that that was intended to be Madeline. It is Madeline and, and sort of that's her setup in X-Men 97. So we have that Madeline Pryor was already seen by Jean when she read Cable's Mind in... Uh, time fugitives so we know at the end of the dark phoenix saga the phoenix says my time here has ended i must depart and and goes away we know in the comic books after the phoenix commits suicide on the mood it starts circling the globe looking for gene it goes to the cocoon where gene was at and gene rejects it and it goes to madeline Pryor instead so did the phoenix at the end of the Dark Phoenix Saga in the original X-Men anime series, perhaps it went to Mr. Sinister's lab, found Madeline Pryor, and inhabited Madeline Pryor's body. That's how Madeline Pryor in the comics came to be. This Phoenix rush came to her, and she wakes up screaming Scott. Now, 
We also know that when Scott and Jean went on their first honeymoon, that after the first marriage, which it was fake, Mr. Sinister captures them and takes them to a lab and takes genetic samples of them. So right there, the genetic samples already exist for Gene and Cyclops in Sinister's lab. So he can already have created Madeline Pryor. So in X-Men 97, we know Gene is pregnant. We know there is an all-time high in acceptance for mutants. And something's going to happen that's going to fuck that up. And that's going to be Sinister who's going to do it. Right. So that's sort of like the the setup we have right now for potential Madeline stories. Now, I've seen a couple of people being like, oh, wouldn't it be great if Madeline had been infiltrating the X-Men as Gene and the real Gene had been swapped out at some point? I really wouldn't like that, to be completely honest with you, just because like, fine, Xavier's not there. So you don't have someone who can verify people met like psychically, like in, until they have different brainwaves and stuff like that. But I also think, I you know, in the case of Cyclops, let's just put the onus on Cyclops, which probably is not like the best person to use this as an example, because we know Cyclops can be a little flighty. But I think if someone walked in who looked identical to my lover, I would still not, I would still know it's not my lover. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, damn, you really look like my lover, but it's not. So I just don't think that story would do really well. Also, I, I think other people would notice if Gene wasn't really Gene, right? There's non non-physical cues to a person, the way we talk, our mannerisms and stuff like that. I just don't believe that that Madeline would be able to infiltrate the X-Men, you know, and, and pretend to be Jean. And it, it, quite frankly, that would be lazy writing and very off-brand for someone like Bo DeMaio. Because Bo DeMaio, as, we, as we've talked about on this podcast, he is a major fan of the X-Men. He said one of the big requirements to work in the writer's room or the production of X-Men 97 is that you had to be a fan of the X-Men. And I love that. And I believe he did say that he was in the writer's room for like The Witcher, for example, and that people were making fun of the source material. And he was here like, why would you do that? I, and, and, and that makes me so happy. So I think... What I'm trying to say is that Bo DeMaio is a very smart writer, much like how the Lee Walds and Larry Houston and the entire production team was back in 1992. I don't believe he will give us very basic story plots that will make us scratch our head and be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Like they wouldn't know that Madeline one day, you know, Gene went to bed and woke up Madeline. No one will notice that. No one loved Gene enough to notice that. I don't think he'll do that. I think he's going to give us a really smart, compelling story and it's going to talk up to us. You know what I mean? And, you know, even if they do, let's just say they do that that plot where it is Gene and it, it, we think it's Gene, but it's really Madeline and she it's been a ruse and everyone's fooled by it. I hope it's sort of like a moment that we see in Angel season five when Winifred Burkle is taken over by Illyria and her parents come to visit and Illyria assumes Fred's form and even has Fred's mannerism and everything. But at the end of the episode... Fred's mom looks at her and goes, are you okay? You seem different somehow. So fine. If, if, if we do get that swap, I need a moment like that where Cyclops is like, you seem different. Right. And I would, I, that's something I would absolutely love. So let's talk about what potential stories we could get if we got Madeline Pryor here in X-Men 97. First and foremost, they have to do Inferno. That that would that would be my 
suggestion. If you're going to do Madeline Pryor, do Inferno. How would she be introduced if Jean is alive? I think we'll see Cyclops run into someone and he'll mistaken her for Jean and she'll have the Paul Smith hair. How amazing would it be if she starts off with her Paul Smith hair? Oh God, that would look incredible. And I think it will just blow up to a point that we're going to have them have a confrontation in Central Park and Madeline's going to try to take baby Cable and unleash the Inferno. Maybe it's baby Rachel, all right? We, we've talked about this before. I don't really know who the baby, the gender of the baby is supposed to be. Maybe it's going to be Rachel. Maybe it's going to be Nathan. Maybe it'll be both. Maybe it'll be twins. However, for the sake of the Inferno storyline, it really doesn't matter because baby Nathan is a prop at best in that in that storyline. So if it's Rachel or Nathan, who the heck cares, right? It, the job gets done. As long as you homage Maddie holding the baby up and that like light behind it and she's ready to like sacrifice him. Oh God, or start sacrifice baby Rachel. Uh, but Oh my goodness. It, 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 you have to do that. Absolutely. It's a dark story. It's a really dark story. But I really don't know of any other way to do Madeline Pryor in the X-Men animated series unless you do Inferno first, right? You kind of have to set up the character like that. She could be a runaway clone from Sinister who comes to the X-Men and maybe Jean welcomes her as well and they talk. And then... And we slowly see her feeling like a clone, feeling not as good as the original Jean Grey. Maybe her powers aren't really working. So then she starts giving into her dark side. She leans into the demons and the goblins and becomes a goblin queen and imprisons Alex and all that stuff. And that's going to be another setup we're going to need. We're going to need to, you know, if you're going to do Inferno, you got to do the goblin prince. <laughs> you got to do the goblin prince in his in his torn up suit. But you have the Goblin Prince and Madeline Pryor there. I'm just saying, if you're going to do Inferno, you have to have the Goblin Prince there as well. Now, just because I'm talking like this doesn't mean, uh, obviously, the X-Men 97 universe world has a very different continuity than the comics. One of the things I think the original X-Men animated series did so well, and I'm more than confident Bo and the entire production team is going to do this, they're going to adapt Inferno. It's not going to be a, for a panel for panel recreation. So that's why a lot of people are like, well... You know, if it, it must be Madeline, if if Jean is pregnant and I'll be like, well, the, the original series was really good at adapting the source material. Right. Like Bobby and Lorna's relationship comes to mind. The Phoenix saga comes to mind. Days of Future Past is radically different in that first season. So I wouldn't expect Inferno to be a 100 percent panel for panel recreation. I think it will respect the source material. But I think it's going to streamline it quite a bit. And, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before. The Jean Madeline Phoenix saga was the first time I really had to use my thinking cap as a kid. I, I mean, again, this is before the days of Wikipedia. This is when I was in fourth grade. And I have this little tiny card that tells me about Madeline Pryor. And then I have another little tiny card here that tells me about the Phoenix. And you're so convoluted, then you go to your comic book store and you ask for an issue of Inferno, but they only have like issue five of the crossover. So you just read one issue halfway through. And so you have to like piece together all of this stuff. 
And and you slowly find out that Jean Grey piloted a space shuttle during a radiation storm, was replaced by this cosmic entity known as the Phoenix. The Phoenix puts Jean in a cocoon, but it only has a sliver of her personality there. She is still Jean Grey, but it's a Phoenix pretending to be Jean Grey. That power corrupts her. She commits suicide on the moon. The Phoenix goes to the Jean Grey at the bottom of the bay. Jean Grey rejects her, goes to Madeline Pryor, awakens Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor is then sent to Alaska. Mary Scott has a baby with Scott. The real Jean is discovered by the Fantastic Four, comes back to life. Scott leaves Madeline to be with Jean. Madeline Pryor gets really upset. Alicia's the Inferno in New York. They both fight to the death. Jean and Madeline fight to the death. And as Madeline's about to kill both of them, the Phoenix within Madeline goes to Jean and gives Jean the memories of the Phoenix and Madeline Pryor. But then Jean Grey lives on taking care of baby Nathan and Madeline for a long time is just a psychic ghost. <laughs> and we can we we have a Justice for Maddie episode that is there, but that's in our archives. But yeah, so Madeline Pryor is a very complicated character. So is Jean Grey, and so is the Phoenix. So I would have that entire process streamlined, and I'm pretty sure that's what both bio is going to do. I am so excited. Familia, how would you like to see Madeline Pryor in X-Men 97? Do you think these are just rumors? Do you think it's possible they're not going to do Madeline Pryor? I'm kind of, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. The you know, just because a lot of other accounts and like some random Instagram accounts reporting on it doesn't mean that I think it's actually going to happen. It's more the fun talk about it. But I am kind of like skeptical that she would be in it only because I think the X-Men series, or the initial X-Men series was really gritty. But again, then you have someone like Bodemaya who has a good ear to the ground on on what fans want and and the characters that really vibe and resonate and i'm telling you the x-men 97 clip that was shown at san diego so many dms of people who were there telling me about it and i gotta tell you my goodness i am so excited for what could possibly be an epic revival right i mean a lot of these reboots and relaunches they don't do that well <laughs> and unfortunately you're like ah sometimes you need to leave the past in the past but Familia, I'm telling you, it's been across the board that everyone is excited for X-Men 97. And we are too. I hope they just announce a release date. Why? Why didn't they give it to us at the 60th anniversary panel? That is how you celebrate the X-Men. And I hope we get it by the end of the year or early January. I think the rumor right now, the rumor right now is early January. But that's just a rumor. No one has confirmed it. But because we love the X-Men so much and X-Men 97... I'm really excited. Familia, you know I'm not. You know I've been a pessimist with the with books lately. The Hellfire Gala Club, I was not the Hellfire Gala, I was not too happy with, none too pleased with it. But the fact that X-Men 97 is on the horizon, that everyone has just said such positive things. People that were at the San Diego panel, I'm telling you. I, it's really weird. I got more messages about it on my Twitter, on our Twitter, where I'm not really active on Twitter than Instagram. But I got maybe like five or seven messages about the CDC panel, the San Diego Comic-Con panel. And they were just like, just wait. It is beautiful. The animation is really great. It's going to look like a better version of the X-Men 92. It's still the same vibe of the original series, just better. And the voice acting was chef's kiss perfect. So 
Let us know your thoughts, Familia. Do you want to see Madeline Pryor in X-Men 97? And if you do, how do you want to see her appear? Should she replace Jean? Should she be a runaway clone? Should she unleash the Inferno? Should she hook up with Nate Gray? You know I want her to hook up with Nate Gray. All right, Familia, we'll see you later.